Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Ah, okay. So. so, hope everybody is well. Um, very soon, already, it's been. Uh, Another sun, another week. Let just this so that I don't have to like prop myself up. Yeah. Uh, time flies. It's Sunday again. Had a had hard sutra class yesterday, and then the Dharma talk with uh, dot connection. Mm. Hope everyone is well. Let me just uh, double check on the on the video on the live stream. Make sure it's uh, running. Hmm. Connection. Oh, okay. Seems to be all right. So, um, let me see. So today's topic, um, today's topic actually uh, was not supposed to be saying goodbye. The volunteers had another list, uh, but in fact, the the volunteers had asked me whether I want to take a break. Um, to cancel the weekend's class. Uh, as you know, um, my father passed away last uh, Monday. So it's been six days. Uh, so they, they asked me earlier in the week whether we're going to still continue. I told them, um, yeah, I think we should be able to do that. And. Uh, then they asked me um, about the topic, so I told them to check back. So a couple of days ago, uh, one of them asked me. Um, so I thought, yeah, uh, maybe I can talk about this topic, saying goodbye. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe it's not such a good idea after all. <laughs> oh well. Uh, yeah, I thought about doing this topic because uh, I, yeah, we just said goodbye to our. To our father. 
what did I want to talk about actually? Um, seemed like a very good idea when, when they talked to me about about today's session yeah and I and I thought about perhaps I will I will share with uh, y'all um, the the different types of saying goodbye yeah uh, there are many reasons why we have to part In the Buddha's teaching, uh, there's this phrase called "ai uh, Yeah, to be separated from your loved ones. The most uh, obvious one would be to be separated by death, and then. There are other reasons as well. Um, sometimes people Maybe I shouldn't uh, read the comments. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Thank you for um, the support that uh, all of you have been giving me. Uh, I've been receiving messages. And some of you came down for a week. Many years ago, uh, when I just finished my final paper for for my university studies like right after my final paper the very next day my grandma passed away I received a call from my mom tell me that Amma has passed away uh, so I rushed back came back home went back home I was staying in a hostel uh, I would have gone back anyway uh, 
but um, because my Amma passed away, I went back early. So then there was the wake and then the funeral. Last week, after the afternoon SGC and Diamond Sutra, uh, it was kind of good because I conducted the last session in my father's room. You know what the problem is? <laughs> uh, I have the X split right in front of me, and then when I see my, and then when I see my own face, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway. Um, Okay, let's just talk. Yeah, I was thinking that it was um, really good that last week I I held the the SGC and the Diamond Sutra in my father's room. Yeah, that was the last afternoon of his. So the next morning, uh, I was supposed to come back because we uh, we thought it's gonna be another week. Yeah. So the next morning, woke up, uh, check on him, and then uh, turn out he has passed away. Uh, passed away peacefully in his sleep. The, the family has been doing a lot of uh, chanting we've been talking to him yeah we've been saying our goodbyes so by the time the wake came um, yeah the, the wake <laughs> some students asked me like how has it been uh, Yeah, um, 
<laughs> no, everybody is asking me to change topic. <laughs> thought uh, yeah I used to think that the week was for the departed And in a way it is, it is for people to come and pay their last respects. Uh, but I, I also realize that um, it's, it's not just for the departed. It's also for the, the the family of the departed. You know what's going on in my mind? <laughs> I'm kind of like trying to uh, recall all the all the public speaking training I've gone through, breath control, you know, and <laughs> to regulate my emotions. <laughs> Yeah, so for the last one week, um, the, the, the number one phrase I've heard is, uh, how are you? Are you okay?
never see me drink so much. Uh. <laughs> Maybe it's a drink. <laughs> what do you guys order for me today? <laughs> Let me get some more water. Today's topic should have been saying goodbye, dash, your one, your one chance to see a monk cry. <laughs> I think I don't, I won't be using the writing pad today. You know, on the last night of the week, so the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So the, the different nights of the week, uh, we rotate. So on the first night, um, they told me to rest. I was quite happy to, to catch some rest. Because even though the first night was just a few hours, I found myself just totally drained. I didn't do much really, I was just standing around, sitting around and... But somehow I was physically drained. Needless to say, emotionally drained. I don't know, maybe mentally drained. Whatever kind of drain you can think of, <laughs> probably drained. And so, uh, I can't remember who, who, who was it um, who took the first night. Yeah, I think my elder sister. He and she and uh, my... Was it my elder sister? Or was it my younger sister? 
Mm. One of them. And the brother-in-law. And then the second night, probably the other sisters. And the third night, I was going to think of taking it up. And then they said that our nieces and nephews, they will take it. So then by the time it was the, the final night, I was like, no, you guys are not going to rob me of... Uh, of my chance to uh, to stay overnight mm. and then my sisters they were like you know maybe we can take shift I was like <laughs> that's this is the very last night you know I'm gonna just uh, do it anyway so we end up spending the night talking me and my sister I have three sisters, two elder sisters, one younger sister. I'm the only son. So then, um, on the very last night, a couple of uh, volunteers, a couple of students actually stayed back. Uh, I was really very touched. The whole week has been really overwhelming. In a way, um, it's been so overwhelming that um, I, I think there wasn't a uh, in a way there wasn't even a, a time or chance to really think about it. Yeah, because it was just a blur of events, confirming with the undertakers, and, and that was even, and and I wasn't even completely involved with that because my sisters and my mom kind of took care of that and that's why I say I didn't really do much I was just standing around walking around and I don't know I think um, when students came over when relatives came over um, attended to them I must have repeated the, the whole process a hundred times I don't know how many times and shared the different stories about my dad with them I was so overwhelmed with the support and the, the kindness yeah so didn't really have time to think about it and then came Thursday night came Thursday night uh, was I was sharing I was talking with the with Alvin we were just talking about my dad And I was sharing with him about the the discussion for the next day for the um, funeral. My sister had asked me to do the eulogy. Uh, 
And then there was this discussion about doing live stream for the uh, funeral because uh, the, the crematorium itself uh, is limited, is strictly limited to only 10 person. <coughs> so they, they offered this service to do to capture that ceremony and and then um, to actually let us um, stream it live and on top of that have the uh, have the recording thereafter and and in my discussion with my sister we're like okay we're gonna do if we do that then what I, I thought that was such a personal and private affair yeah um, I, I'm not saying that we, we like if like if there's no COVID-19 uh, and there are friends and family who want to um, participate uh, we more than welcome them um, to to send off my father in his final leg. Of course, technically, throughout the the final funeral, I was also you know in my mind I was thinking like well I I, I like to think that my father had already been reborn in Pure Land on Monday morning. Yeah, so this is for us, not for him really. Yeah. Yeah, it's for us to say goodbye. It's not so much about sending him off, so to speak. Yeah, he, he's already reborn. Um, but given that we can only have the 10 person, um, we decided that perhaps it's not so meaningful um, to live stream it. I mean, it was the, the feeling I get was like, oh, please, please don't make, make it into a charade, make it into like a, a show. And we were then discussing about, okay, um, what about the, uh, the video after that? And I thought about it and I told my sister, I don't want our memory of Papa uh, to be defined by the funeral yeah because no amount of video capture is going to be able to fully capture the life that he shared with us Yeah, it's 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 not gonna cut it, and and we don't want to define him by the funeral because that's 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 not who he is. Yeah, come to think about it, I think we are, we should ask the funeral parlor, the undertaker, uh, to delete the version that they captured. Because I don't think we authorize them to do it. Yeah, but that's another thing altogether. 
I mean, the last thing we want is for them to use that as part of their publicity material. <laughs> my mom, my dad did, definitely didn't sign up for that. So saying goodbye. On the last night, um, after after the students, some of them, the the last few who were around, Alvin, Louis. Uh, there were there were others there were others who stayed on but uh, they left you know subsequently and the last three who was still around was was the three of them so they left and then I was like okay um, then I talked to my sister a bit and after that, when I was trying to go to, um, I thought the right thing to do, you know, in my mind, keeping the night virgil would be like literally sleeping next to the coffin, you know, protecting him. Um, but then it was quite, it was not on the floor, <laughs> it was on a table, and yeah. And when I walk over to maybe just say some last words, you know, have a private moment with my dad. And then my sister was there, my second sister. So I decided, okay, I'm going to give you some space, back away. And then I went back to my mom, oh no, I mean my sister. And, and then I, I, I told her, I said, wow, I, I didn't know that there was a cue for talking to that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So I started, I ended up talking to my sister instead. We chatted, we talked about uh, we talk about a lot of things. About how our dad was. I have to remind myself, you know. Uh, language is an interesting thing. Like now, we have to speak of him in past tense. And then later on, my, when my sister was done, or at least I, I peep over and didn't see her there. And then I walked over and then I realized that she was still there, except that my niece was sitting there, you know, quite visibly um, shaken, yeah. And my sister was talking to her. And my niece is the daughter. So again I was like, okay, not my turn yet. <laughs> And then later on, I talked to my elder sister again. And then we had more sharing. And later on, my younger sister came over. And, and then my elder sister was like, you know, you, you, you may want to quickly go and talk to Papa before a queue form again. <laughs> Do you know that he was such a popular guy? So then I thought about it, I realized that 
um, I, in a way, I don't really have anything specific to talk to him. And I thought maybe, maybe it's because for the past whole week, during the week, um, yeah, I've been sharing with with students, with visitors, with family, the the nuggets, the gems of of memories of him, and I shared with them my my thoughts, my gratitude, my love for him. So I, I, I didn't feel like there was anything specific. You know, like what we sometimes hear people say or in the movies, like, ah, regret to not have managed to say what they want to say to the departed before the funeral is over, before the, the body is laid to rest or sent for cremation. Uh, I, I don't really have that problem. Yeah. In fact, I am surprised I am uh, so affected in a way. But less you, you think, uh, less you think that I'm surprised because I ex expected that, oh, because you know, the, the, the Buddha's teaching, Sabbe, Sankara, Anichati, and whatnot. You know, the, the one thing, whenever I'm invited to wakes to do a memorial service, um, one of the first things I would highlight is that I'm not here to ask you to tell you not to cry. Yep, that's what I. That's one of the first thing I share. And I will tell them very openly that the reason is because I'm not qualified to tell you that. I myself, when I dreamt of my father passing away years back, I ever dreamt of my father passing away, I ever dreamt of my mother passing away. The first time I dreamt of my mother passing away, my mother is still alive, by the way. I dreamt of my mother passing away back in university. I cried in my dreams. Cried my heart out. I cried so hard. I woke up with tears in my on my cheeks, in my eyes, and I was physically still crying. I think this is what you would call like cry himself awake instead of cry himself to sleep. So upon waking up, I immediately called my, my mom and asked, you know, how he, she is. And my mom was uh, quite surprised because, surprised because uh, back in the university, I don't really wake up that early. So she was surprised to receive my call at about 6 plus or something. And then she was like, ah, so good, yeah. You know, like silly boy. Yeah, your mother is okay. I think there was a tinge of bittersweet um, bittersweetness in, in her reply.
And some years later, I dreamt again. I would go on to dream of my mom passing away once more and my dad passing away as well. And each time I would call my mom and ask whether she is okay, whether my father is okay. And despite all that, consciously, I never really think about the day my parents would pass away. I know consciously that it's a matter of when, not a question of if. Uh, and I've been at attending weeks. I think I, I've attended more weeks than most people, you know, being a monk. We get invited to the hospital, to ICUs, we get invited to homes. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. And I'm very grateful for them to open their doors, to allow me in, in this very private, very intimate, very emotional uh, moments of their life and so I was not about to 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 step in and start dumping Dharma on them and like go on a moral high horse and tell them what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing yeah um, I was sharing with someone this week that uh, I honestly never thought about what then should my father or mother pass away. So I never consciously think about, oh, will I cry? How how does it, how is it like? You know, how is it like? Should my father pass away? or my mother. My other sister on the other hand, she shared, she shared about how when she, I think the other day what she said was that when when, uh, when my grandma or was it my grandpa, the mother's side, my maternal grandpa, when Akong passed away, I think she was old enough to understand. Yeah, so the other day, just a few days ago, she shared with me about how it shook her. It, she cried. She, when she think about how similarly Mama and Papa is going to pass away. I was too young to know. But, and, and for some reason, all these years, as much as I have um, attended wakes and I mean, intellectually, who doesn't know, right? Uh, but I never really think about it. Not that I like to think that I was not in denial, but it's just not something you think about. I've thought of quite a bit about myself dying. That I've thought about. And I thought, yeah, I think I've done... I mean... Uh, I'm not a perfect being, I'm not quite enlightened yet, you know, as, as evident. Um, but here and there, according to some people, I seem to have touched some people's life and helped them in small little ways. So I sometimes think, yeah, if I should die next week or even just tomorrow, okay, I, I can deal with that. 
Um, I like to think that um, all in, uh, I have uh, done. I mean, of course, you can always do more. But I was thinking that, yeah, I think by any measure, I have helped uh, a certain number. Yeah. So I, I, I don't really have, in that sense, regrets. Like, oh, I could have done more in this or that. Of course, you can always do more, you know. Not that I'm saying that I've done everything I can do, no. But yeah, so I'm quite okay thinking about my own death. Like, yeah, okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I never really think about my parents passing. So in a way, it came as a bit of a surprise that I was so uh, affected. Yeah. And just yesterday, I was I was sharing with a friend about how, or was it this morning? I was sharing about how. Um, Like, my world has changed because now, in that sense, in a sense, there's no one person I can look to to say, to call Papa. Uh, there's no one person that I can look to and say you get a drift yeah You know what they say about time? You know, how time can help? I, I think so. I like to look at it this way that maybe it's a matter of getting used to it. Yeah. Actually, come to think about it, uh, there was a time where I did think about my father's passing. I was, I was thinking to myself, hmm, yeah, I think for his uh, eulogy, I, I want to say this, I want to say that. But in the end, on Friday, when I was doing the eulogy, I thought about how majority of my, or maybe not majority, but a good number of my uncles and aunties, they probably connect better if I speak in Hawking. So I end up speaking in Hawking for my for the eulogy uh, and I totally forgot what I wanted to say uh, what I thought I would want to say from years back yeah and perhaps it was not so appropriate you know elders they probably don't take it so well yeah so this is more or less what I had in mind and the opening line was my dad is imperfect. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of (uh) a weird way to start a eulogy isn't it ya because most people will expect the eulogy to be speaking praises of him of the departed but it's not no I want to start off with the fact that my dad is imperfect ya he is imperfect I remember how when he was when I, I was younger much younger uh, he had he had really bad temper okay maybe not really bad temper but you know short tempered uh, but over the years he kind of mellowed and maybe it's because of the dharma that he learned but I recall there was once I was home with uh, with him and my mom I can't remember whether I was already a monk or not whether I've ordained already but he was ranting about my sister it was that period of time where he would go round robin among the siblings he complained about my sister first my elder sister then second sister then younger sister like you know go around <laughs> people do that parents do that and so he was just going on and on and then uh, we went to the kitchen my mom was cooking I sat him down and then I sat down with him and then I told him I said while you while you are complaining you are ranting about of course I didn't say these exact words because at home our our uh, de facto language was Hokkien he's a Hokkien Hokkien the proper way to say Hokkien is actually Hokkien not Hokkien Hokkien Kien Hokkien and of course Hokkien itself has a lot of sub problem sub you know uh, groups and the pronunciation may vary um, and apparently I, I read somewhere that there's not really a, a thing called Hokkien what we usually think of as Hokkien is actually one of the subgroups uh, but I digress and so I, I, I spoke to him in Hokkien and uh, I told him that you know while you are um, ranting about sister uh, it wasn't too long ago that you were having such bad temper as well and she, he was a bit shocked you know yeah, I'm, 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 I'm used to uh, sort of shocking my, my mom and dad <laughs> and I, I must say that I'm very thankful that they are so open to their son you know always you know speaking beyond his ears so I told him, I said, it's not that we forgot. We, I, I, I remember clearly how, how his temper was. Yeah, it's not that we forgot. It's that we chose to put that aside and still love him, to still love you, despite your bad temper. We, st we chose to still be filial, despite all that. 
we are grateful to him, we are thankful to him, we are very, we are very um, yeah. So it's not that I love my dad because he was a perfect being. I love him, and of course, not to not to forget my mum. <laughs> There's a bit of sibling rivalry between them, you know. <laughs> like, parents are very cute. Like when you are young, we, we are the kids, right? Then as we grow up and then they grow old, the two of them start to have behave like siblings, have a bit of siblings rivalry, you know, and, and try to get us to affirm their actions and affirm them and not the other. But I always like to bring in my mind because um, the two of them are like a pair. No, it's not a pair. They are like a singular unit. Yeah. So it's hard to speak of my dad without my mom. And so I told my mom and my dad that, yeah, I, I, I love you. We love you, not I. Just we love you, irregardless. So perhaps, you know, you can cut her some slack as well. And around then, I, I reach out and help his hand. You know, I help his hand. And I tell you, for a traditional father, a traditional man like my father, oh, that, <laughs> that must have been the most awkward moment of his life. For me to hold his hand. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh... Because in the traditional Chinese family, at least back then, I think nowadays I've seen how father and mother like shower the kids with hugs and kisses all over. You know, I've never heard my my parents say tell us that they love me, but we know that they love me anyway. They love us anyway. Because the way they express their love is different. It's tough love. And the tough part, mind you, is not just about us. It's about them as well. It's tough for them. A lot of times we think tough love is about being tough on us. Yes, that's that part. I come to realize that tough love is also tough on them. Because it's tough to to say no to your child. It's tough to be strict with your child. It's tough to discipline your child. It's tough to stop your child from doing what they like, but to get them to do what they need to do. It's tough. But my mom and dad, they did that. I remember last time we stayed in the Jalan Satu. You know, the HDB toilets last time, it was not all shiny and pretty. It was just raw cement. And then it was the squatting toilet. And sometimes, uh, when we bathe, there's no cubicle or, or shower or, or, or the bathtub. It was... You, you just shower in the toilet, right? 
and then sometimes the soap will drop into the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah. And and being a kid, it's like what I'm not gonna put my hand inside. Sometimes my dad would do it. Sometimes my dad would be like, as I grew up, then my dad is like, no, you, you know, you're you're a man, you're you're a man in the family. You must do this. And then there are other times where, uh, the 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 drainage would clog up, and then he will he will he will he will try to play, it. and he would call me over to to reach in, and initially I didn't know what I was in for. I mean, it looks dark and didn't smell good. And as I reached in, I, I touched, I felt something soft and gooey, and I just. <laughs> and then you look at me, I'm like, I'm like, what? And and he told me, like, his hands were too big to go in, and if his hands were small enough, he wouldn't be calling me. Yeah, and and again he repeated to me that you know you're the man of, yeah yeah yeah. You're a boy. You're a man. So I was barely a man. I was in probably primary school or something. Yeah, probably primary school. Yeah. But he would remind me, "You're the man. You're a man, and in future you have to take care of the family. You cannot be afraid of a bit of dirt." Yeah, that was how I was brought up. The one thing I I have been sharing is how, uh, when I was in secondary and perhaps JC as well, uh, every evening when we stayed at the Kelang East Central, we were staying in this five-room flat and there's this uh, dining hall inside, and there was a there was a there was a sofa inside next to the dining table, and after after dinner. Um, in the evening, he would sit there, and I would sit on the floor, and then he would talk to me. He would share with me nuggets of tips about life, the ups and downs, the do's and don'ts about life. Like he would tell me, like, you know, um, no. <laughs> he he would say things like. Don't follow the Westerners. Now, now more or here are more, Bolesor. Now, now today, to to say that that's very politically incorrect, isn't it? You know. Yeah, but that's what he said. And at that point in time, I was like, hmm. I didn't always agree with him, but I'll just listen anyway. It it basically means that. Um, the the Westerners they do not know um, Chinese is li su yeah lei so and it was basically that um, in his opinion he felt that the um, that the Westerners they don't have the kind of uh, etiquette and protocol that Chinese observe like the examples he will give is like you look at them the hus the, the the father can dance with the daughter. You know, hold hold the daughter. It's like what what is this? <laughs> or the or the children can call the father by the name. This is ridiculous. Yeah, um, things like that.
and, and as I said, I, I don't naturally agree with everything. But over the years, I start to see like, yeah, maybe he has some point. But sometimes the way he, he educates is not all just sit down and talk. Um, he would like, like there was one time, again, he was fixing something. He's always fixing something. <laughs> He's the, like, if you think your dad is a handyman at home, think again. Now, I'm, I'm not here to compare or, or, you know, but he basically repaired anything and everything. I don't recall ever um, seeing any repair person come to our place. Not that things don't break down. Things do break down. But he would repair electrical items like lamps, fixtures. He, he know how to install plugs, like anything electric. Because back in the days when he was working in PUB, um, he's able to also do rewiring. So I grew up hearing things like ELCV, I don't know whether it's the correct acronym, uh, MCB, it's the circuit breaker at home, you know, and he teach us how to reset it, how to troubleshoot if, if you know, there's a blackout. Yeah, I grew up with that. And not just electric, but electronics as well. He made his own i5. Yeah, I'm serious. He, he wire wrap, he etched his own PCB. Yeah, that's the kind of person he is. He made, he built his own speakers. He, he did his own coiling. Yeah, for the, uh, what do you call that? For the, is it inductors? Um, yeah, something to to do the filter, the signal filter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Joyce. I think a lot of um, fathers in those days are handymen. They repair all kinds of things. But yeah, my I think I like to think that my dad went one step ahead. He, re he made his own hi-fi, his own speakers, he repaired the TV, and I don't mean like just replace a fuse, he would take out the whole cathode tube and remove the board and troubleshoot with his um, meter tester, um, the, the old VHS, national VHS with the, with the that thing where you slot in the, the cassette and you press it down and then later on there was the front loading type yeah so uh, yeah so one day he was repairing again or he was fixing something in the kitchen and then he called me over so it's like boy and then for some reason oh, yeah I was like I replied with a Anchoa yeah and loosely translate to like what's up or, or what's the matter and the moment my reply came out like my I felt a lurch, you know. 
I was like, oh my goodness, like what on earth did I just say? Before he even replied, the moment I say Anjua, and then I was like, oh dear, I'm in such a big trouble. I think I was in secondary school already. And next thing you know, he's like, and then I quickly run off. Went over and the first thing he did was twist my ear. <laughs> yeah, first thing he did was twist my ear. And then give me a scolding. It's like, Kasiya. How dare you? Yeah? Your father called you to come over, you ask why? <laughs> like That was the one and only time. Never, never again. Yeah. But sometimes the lessons he gave us was a lot gentler. Some years later, when I was much older, and there was one time this friend I got to know, a JC friend. We happened to be in the same camp, the same unit in the, in NS, and he, at some point, he he got wind of of me being able to write programs. I guess I started writing code um, back in SEC1. So he told me about his crazy idea of writing this uh, 4D, uh, 4D program. By 4D, I mean, you know, the, the, the 4D you buy, the four numbers. So he um, he told me that he has this crazy idea, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I was I was more than happy to, to, to join in, not for the money, but for the mathematical challenge, yeah, because I recall you know back in secondary school and in JC we learned about statistics, we learned about probability, so. Um, I was like, okay, so then we need to collect a series of all the numbers. At least that, what, that was the general plan. And then he said, don't worry, I have two years of those numbers. My, this friend of mine. So he got to work. I quickly come out with a, a, a data model to store the, the data. And then he started typing in all the 4D numbers. The top price, the, the entry, and then the constellation. Um, and once we have about two years of data inside the system, then we, we come up with a, a statistical model um, of some sort, yeah, and use that to predict 4D numbers. And and towards the end, we managed to. Well, I don't know whether that's worth anything, but towards the end, we tweak it to the point where, if you buy some 10, 20 numbers, you would actually get three numbers with three of the digits out of four correct something like that uh, I didn't further that because in the end I, I thought maybe the last digit is karma yeah, you, you, you can't just code your way around karma and of course if you really think about it um, probability and statistics doesn't quite work like that because each of the draw is independent, so you cannot just collate um, 
a longitudinal set of data and use that to estimate in that sense. Um, so at that point, I, I brought my mom and dad in and I showed them the, the program and they were a bit like, what? Did you just write? <laughs> like, I mean, imagine if your kid, you know, uh, like, uh, imagine if your kid wrote such a program. Yeah. They were, they were silent about it. And then I think one or two days later, my dad came into my room, uh, asked to talk to me. Um, and then he, uh, he shared with me this news article. I think it was my mom and dad coming in together. But my dad was the one who, um, to, to highlight. And he showed me this article about a white collar crime. Yeah. I think it was some kind of uh, fraud. There was this guy who worked in some MNCs or banks or something. And he basically um, was fraudulent. He made away with, like, I don't know, quite a lot of money. But he was caught. So my dad pointed to the article and told me, you look at this person, he's very well educated, very intelligent but he used his intelligence for the wrong purpose. And then he said that, and, and they, they told me, you know, my, my parents, my dad said, like, well, he, he knows that, or he, he thinks that, uh, well, in his words, he, will be, he knows that I'm very smart and all, uh, but never ever use your smartness, your intelligence in the wrong way. Yeah, your whole life will be ruined. Mm. And it's not as though he was a rich man to begin with. I'm not saying that rich people will not do crime and that poor people must or will do crime. But I think it's, there's that much more lure if you don't have you know, that if you if you are lacking, then it may, it may be easier. Perhaps uh, there may be more, much, much more of a temptation to you know take shortcuts, cut some corners. But yeah, he was not such a person. He would tell us that, and he did that himself. As in, he is not a person who would cut corners. Yeah. So, uh, I'm very grateful to have, uh, to have had the privilege to share in all these moments with him. Yeah. Uh, but, well, all the good things must come to an end. Bad things as well. Yeah. I'm very thankful for everything he has done for the family. Very thankful for the to him and my dad, my mom. I shared with some students. In fact, in the eulogy, I shared this. 
growing up there was once I thought about how uh, how come my parents don't have much of a hobby I mean he does have he's into music he made his own hi-fi his speakers he would he has this huge collection of records which later my mom somehow managed to dispose of uh, but he, he rarely get to enjoy his hobby because he was always busy working it was tough to bring up four kids and he, he, he worked in PUB, you know yeah so, so I, uh, there was one time I thought about it and uh, I was like how come our parents don't have hobbies? And then it dawned on me that the reason why they do not have hobbies like others was because we are their hobbies. That the four of us, the four, four of us siblings, we are the hobbies of our parents that the moment that they wake up in the morning it was about us until they sleep at night they sacrifice their youth they, they spend their youth nurturing us so I'm very thankful to him um, and my mom and that's also why I'm very grateful to various individuals uh, in particular Varenpa Fa Chao because he uh, he allowed my my dad to go for short-term ordination despite his age and because of that um, he was later allowed to extend uh, for another six months yeah, so my dad was a, a monk for six months. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. I have uh, once again over short time. Uh, if there's anything I learned about saying goodbye in this one week, is that. Uh, at least for me, it's never quite enough. Yeah, I've spent the past almost one week talking to people uh, when they come in or on messages. Uh, yeah, we, we, we don't simply just you know, switch off and okay, no more father. Uh, yeah, I'm very thankful to his, to him sharing his life with us in the way he did, including his bad temper, including his scoldings. Yeah, everything, lock, stock, barrel, everything. Yeah, because he was not just scolding. He, it was his bad temper was really because I I think he, maybe his temper wasn't that good to begin with, <laughs> but also because he was always working so hard. You know, he's tired, he's stressed. 
but didn't know better how to express that. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I also want to thank all the all the students, the friends and families um, who who came forward to express condolences to to myself and my family. Um, it's very much appreciated. In fact, uh, it's been so overwhelming, in a good way. Um, all the all the support in various ways. Yeah. So don't wait until your father has passed away to say goodbye. Um, spend time with them, father and mother. I did. And imagine I spent a lot of time. Okay, it's not like I never spent time with them, so I'm I'm crying. I spent a lot of time. Okay. You can go and ask my mom. Yeah. And yet. And yes, I know, you know. There, there are some students who, who, who may think like, oh, you know, how come Shifu supposed to have learned the Dharma and why, why is he still grieving? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. I don't care really. <laughs> this is my father. I'm going to grieve if I'm going to grieve. Yeah. If I feel like crying, I'm going to cry. Yeah. I didn't become a monk to get people to affirm me. Yeah. And I've never hide the fact that I cry over my father's death. Because even when I dreamt years back, even when I dreamt about it, I cried. And I make no secret about that. Yeah. So think what you will. Um So, again, thank you, thank you, Papa. Um, till the conditions come again, uh, if there are conditions to meet, and then we'll meet. And I like to think that. Um, Yeah, just like in the Buddha's time, he shared, the Buddha himself shared how he and his disciples and his family, they were pretty much intertwined for many lives. Yeah. Uh, in due time, perhaps, we'll meet again, maybe practice together on, the, on this path towards enlightenment. And uh, I want to just end with a perhaps a quote from this sutta one of my favorite sutta from the Pali Canon Mata Sutta the title itself is about mother but in the content itself the Buddha said that we've been going around in samsara since time beginningless since beginningless time It would be impossible to find a person who has never been your mother, who has never been your father, your brother, your sister, your friend. 
so yeah to all the fathers I have had in the past life thank you uh, till we meet again Yen Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao Yen De Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao Pu Yen Zhui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sa Dao Amitufu Chi Li